0: Good morning you can do better than that good morning thank you I feel welcomed now Um, in today's passage before us the Apostle writes to help us with a very common problem that absolute everyone faces our problem is we grow weary and we lose heart we can grow weary and we can lose heart and the Apostle gives us three ways to avoid this but If you're here this morning and you are already weary and you have already lost heart, these are also three ways to recover from that. And so this is very practical stuff this morning. So I ask you, invite you to listen carefully and to pay attention. And let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is the word of the Lord. First, let's briefly discuss growing weary and losing heart. You may feel like you don't need anybody to talk to you about that, but what are these and how do you recognize them? Well, I find that to grow weary is to run out of energy because of effort exertion. You weren't always weary, the passage says, not at the beginning. You have grown weary and you're tired from the journey and tired after all your hard work. But this isn't tired after the job is finished. That's a different thing. The apostle means you were exhausted before the task is completed. There is still more to do. The journey isn't yet over. You are right in the middle and you don't think you have the strength to finish. Does that sound familiar? That unfinished task, the thing that you're in the middle of, can be almost anything. A relationship that is hard, someone you have to keep pursuing and doesn't pursue you back. It can be the demands at work that just don't stop, especially as our work habits have evolved and we seem always to be on call or maybe it's balancing the demands of the office and home the task never gets finished once talking about this a young mother said listen i'm just trying to get my toddler not to lick the cat right so it just it's there's there's always more to do somewhere or and for someone and the to-do list never ends we all have struggles that just keep going on and on things that tax our strength But the apostle is not just writing about the life that everyone shares. He is writing and saying that disciples of Jesus can grow weary in their discipleship. Following Jesus as your Lord actually asks a lot of you. When you take the teachings of Jesus and try to act on them, you find that there's a lot to do. For one thing, you don't overlook the needs of the people around you. And not just individual disciples, whole churches can grow weary also because the church sees the needs of its neighbors and Christ does not want us to relax and retreat into the leisure of just providing for ourselves. We are not to walk past like the busy Levite, but we are to get involved like the good Samaritan. Listen, dear ones, all day long you can repeat to yourself, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But this does not mean that we skip over effort and exertion. So don't be surprised when following Jesus can be tiring. The apostles experienced it. Now, losing heart seems to me different from growing weary. When you're on a treadmill at the gym, and I spend way too much time doing that now, growing weary means that your muscles are tired and that your breathing is labored. But losing heart is that voice in your head which says, you know, you can stop this at any time. You don't have to do this. Your mind wants to quit before your body really needs to. In other words, it's the psychological and mental game. Once you were motivated, but you have lost that before the goal is reached. Your efforts don't seem to be making a difference, and so why keep it up Treadmills don't take you anywhere. And you can lose heart at all those same places where you can grow weary. The relationships, the work, the balancing of everything, whatever struggle you face. And you can lose heart in your discipleship of Jesus also. You keep making the same mistakes you find, having the same doubts. Or maybe it's costing you. Because not everyone you know thinks following Jesus is a worthwhile thing to do. So in your discipleship, like on the treadmill, your mind wants to quit even before your muscles need to. Growing weary is being exhausted before the work is finished. And losing heart is losing that motivation which made you start the work in the first place. So how do you avoid growing weary And losing heart do you recognize yourself in any of that how do we avoid this or if it's too late and you already are how do you recover how do we recover well today the Apostle gives three practical ways it's not exhaustive there are a lot of other things but he gives three ways and listen please listen for the one that you want to begin practicing today okay that's your job first he writes therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, one thing I'm embarrassed to admit is I've noticed when on the treadmill at the gym, if I see one of you, I suddenly feel less weak and I suddenly regain my motivation. Now, that's a bad example because in our discipleship, we aren't supposed to do things so that others will notice us and admire us. No, this cloud of witnesses is not us trying to impress the angels and the saints who came before. It isn't trying to impress others who are watching with our righteousness. No, what we do is remember the example of people who have gone this way ahead of us. People that we want to be like. We think of the example of our heroes in the faith. Maybe you knew your hero, that grandparent, that youth pastor, that friend at school who set such a good example of following Jesus even when the road got steep. That person who did the godly thing when it was easy not to. They stayed married, or they stayed chaste, or they stayed honest, or they stayed trustworthy. Then again, perhaps you never knew your hero, but have you, you have read about them. This is one reason to encounter the story of saints before us. I like reading biographies. People who kept faith and kept heart and kept trying. In the preceding chapter in Hebrews, chapter 11, the apostle gives lots of examples of faithful people in the Bible. And so whether you knew them or only read about them, heroes are always, are they not? They are always a story of overcoming struggles. And that's the example we're looking for. So remembering the cloud of witnesses, can help restore us when we are tired and in the middle of the race. And remembering the cloud of witnesses can help us rediscover the motivation that we had at first. We recall, as we remember them, that we are not alone in the hardship of doing the will of Jesus Christ. And so, who do you think of when you need encouragement? And so today, maybe this is the practice you want to walk away with. You want to cultivate a cloud of good examples. But here's the second way to avoid growing weary and losing heart. The passage goes on. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. You don't wear fishing waders and body armor when you are running the 5K. That unnecessary weight would make it easy to get tired, and it would be so discouraging that you would lose your motivation. And in Christian spirituality, this is called the way of purgation, the way of purgation, putting off those things that hinder your following Jesus. And I I think we would all agree that that makes sense. And yet I find myself entangled. And dear ones, I see many of you carrying more than you need to. How then do we discern what to put off and what to retain? This is a big and important question. Are you ready for a big and important answer? Okay, you said so. I feel like I can go on. Let me turn to John chapter 4 where Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. Just listen. Jesus Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is a story of two waters. Jesus is thirsty. His body is telling him that he needs water. And he really needs it. And so he asked the woman to draw up the first kind of water. And you need this water also. But when you drink it, you will need it again. It doesn't last. Sermon illustration. Yeah. Okay. I really need that. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus speaks to the woman of a second kind of water. This is different, and she really needs it. But the second kind of water lasts into eternity. It is lasting. And I find this story of two waters very important in the way of purgation, of knowing what to put off. We, of course, are to put off sin, all those practices that are not God's will for our thriving, and this can be a hard and painful process. But we are not alone in putting off sin. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Let me testify to that. Are you listening? Sin is not all that we need to put off. There are good things which distract us. Fishing waiters are great if you're fishing body armor is good if you are fighting in the infantry and in these two waters I do not hear Christ saying that we deny ourselves the things that are needed no what I hear him teaching what I hear him teaching is to distinguish between things that we need that are not lasting and keeping these to a simple minimum distinguishing these things that are not lasting from those that last for eternity. It is the very same as his teaching to put our treasures in heaven rather than on earth. And so, dear ones, learning to recognize the difference between things that last and things that don't is an important part of a disciple's growth. A recent book that you might find helpful in this I try not to give you too many books, but this one is by John Mark Comer, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. He was pastor of a successful megachurch who found that he had grown weary and had lost heart, and he found he was carrying things that he thought were necessary, but then he learned to put them off because they were not lasting. And so if you have grown weary, or if you have lost heart, put off the sin which weighs you down with shame and guilt. As God's child, those are not your birthright. And thank Jesus, these are not going to last into the kingdom of light, the guilt and the shame. But maybe what you need to practice today is putting off sin. Maybe as a disciple, you really need to put off some things which aren't going to last. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you are burdened by things that do not actually matter because they are not going to last. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you these things. Certainly, do not spend your ambitions on things that are short-lived. Always wanting more money causes us to do all kinds of things that are not going to last. I think taking this big answer seriously will simplify our lives we would be far less likely to grow tired and lose our motivation. And can you this morning feel how true that is? It is definitely what Christ and his apostles taught. The church, this church, is supposed to provide our neighbors with both kinds of water. But to do this, we are going to need to put off some unnecessary weight. The third thing to avoid or to recover from exhaustion and lost motivation. Here is what he says. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so here is the greatest of heroes, of course, God's son, and we want to gaze on him and consider him We want to watch how he served, watch how he struggled and endured and overcame. But in this passage, the particular point is Christ himself kept his eyes fixed on the goal of his efforts. And we are to keep our eyes on him, likewise the goal of our discipleship. Christ is our pioneer. Of all the examples of faith, his is the greatest. And so he was able to endure the shame that others tried to heap on him. He was able to endure the ongoing struggle of being lonely and misunderstood. For he came to dwell among his creation, but he was unrecognized, even unwelcome. Jesus met with gigantic opposition from the very people he came to liberate and enlighten. So, as with discarding things that are not going to last, in a similar way, let's ask the Holy Spirit, what is the goal? What is my telos? Perhaps that's the practice you want to take on today. In the presence of the Holy Spirit, ask, what does my life show to be its goal? Because if life is a short pilgrimage that can feel long, what is the destination? Well, it is the same as for Christ, the right hand of the throne of God. We are going to the kingdom of God in the new heavens and new earth. And like the two waters, one kingdom lasts and one doesn't. Because there are also two histories going on around us. One is visible and one is not. The history that is visible, that's the place of nations and tyrants and economies, and competing ideologies, and Ukraine, and Uvalde, those are all visible history, and they matter. Like physical water, the visible history is important in God's eyes. But beneath the visible history is the deeper, lasting one that is not visible. This is the plan of God's salvation. There is drama here, because there is a spiritual and cosmic struggle going on. The church, for her part, is to give thirsty people water. And we are to be involved in visible history. But we are always meant to remember what is the lasting need of people. And we are to engage in the history that is going to outlast all of the noise and effort we remember and remind each other of the goal towards which we go. Our goal is a place, a kingdom that has no end and is beyond corruption, and therefore our discipleship is a tale of pilgrimage. But our goal is also a relationship, a mystical and everlasting marriage in union to Christ our beloved. And so our discipleship is a tale of ever deeper love and courtship, And our goal is also a state, a state of living in perfection. Because when we see him, we shall be like him. And therefore, all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. And so our discipleship is a tale of training and change. Now, if we were going to try to talk about everything that weary uh, people need to hear, We would talk about walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We would talk about grace being sufficient for weakness. We would talk about rest and Sabbath and retreat and quiet solitude. But those are not in this passage today. Today we've heard three ways. Let's recover by getting rid of the stuff that weighs us down and is not going to last. Let's consider the surrounding witnesses and their example of perseverance. But best of all, let's look to Jesus and how he kept the goal before his eyes. This is the recipe for not growing weary or losing heart. And so, are you with me? Having heard all this, please listen once more to the apostle and ask the Holy Spirit in what way you need to live according to this word. Okay? Here's what he wrote. of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen.